What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Play by Play with Jay. I'm your host, Jordan, aka Jay, and I have three special guests here on the show. So it's a couple of us. I'm gonna just call everybody by name and let them introduce themselves um, to avoid confusion. So first, uh, she was here in season one, so I'm gonna have Jayani introduce herself first. Hey, y'all. Um, I'm Jayani Smith. Um, you guys probably, well, hopefully, y'all were tuned in last season, but just a little bit more background about me. Another University of Maryland graduate, go Terps, everybody in here. Um, but grew up playing a host of sports, basketball, soccer, softball. Um, I'm currently like working in sports right now. So shout out to all the women in sports as well. And also, if y'all haven't gone and caught um, y'all WNBA hoodie, y'all need to go cop. So I'm I, need, I need mine. I need mine. All right, next, I'm going to go Amir. Hi guys, first time on the show. So, so grateful for getting an invite. Um, but my name is Amir Sharif, uh, like Jordan said, uh, also a UMD attendee um, in terms of the sports that I played in the past. Um, did football for eight, nine years, played some baseball, did a little bit of boxing, karate, did some dabbled in swimming for a quick second. My man, <laughs> he out here. Out here out here you know a little bit of everything yeah just a little bit of everything but my my main number one you know the sport that i played in high school all four years um was football and then my second most played was baseball so i did baseball for um four years uh in middle school when i was on my football hiatus and then last but not least we have the one and only daniel torre <laughs> what's up y'all uh thank you so much for having me on jordan uh, i'm daniel Dore. i I didn't think anyone else mentioned this, but I'm just going to mention location. Like, I'm from New York, so it's very, very important to me. Um, also a UMD alum, currently working in digital marketing. And just growing up, I was big, still am, just into basketball. And I also ran track. So those are two, the two sports that I stuck mostly to. Um, and, you know, in terms of nowadays, like, just still addicted to the NBA. So out of everybody here, and I'll go first, um, what's your favorite sport to watch and then your favorite team? So mine... I mean, it's a draw between football and basketball favorite, but I mean, to if I had to pick, I probably had to go football, and I'm, a, of course, rocking out with those Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'd have to second that. Um, definitely be a draw just because basketball was like my first love, but yeah. I love football. Like, uh, it's a match to watch, and especially like live games, so definitely football. And I'm also a Cowboys fan. Yes, sir. So, oh, wow. If y'all have any shade to throw. Nah, you're uh, Amir. Amir's. <laughs> go ahead, Amir. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. I'm, I'm really outnumbered on this NFC East wave, unfortunately. It's okay. It's fine. I mean, you can kind of see in the background right there. I have an Eli and JPP poster uh, right behind me. And then also, my apologies, Daniel. I didn't mean to disrespect New Rochelle like that and New York. I totally neglected to mention our. Uh, upbringing so you know native new yorker born and raised of course um so uh football like i said that was my first sport first love played it the longest also watched it the most by far um my number one sport for sure for sure for sure and then my team uh the new york was new york football giants of course um no disrespect to you and jayani you know but that's just that, that's how we're rocking out on this side d yeah, um, I mean, I'm going to go, basketball was always my first love, so I'm still rocking with the NBA. Um, but I will say that I want to give Amir some credit here, definitely, like, living with him throughout college. Like, I started to pay more attention to just how, like, complicated football is. And, like, as I started to kind of learn more from him, actually, I actually started to enjoy the game more. Um, so, like, football is kind of neck and neck right there. But I'm actually, I'm from New York, but I'm a, I'm actually a Packers fan, so... Not a great end, not the ending that we wanted this year, but I'm still, rock- <laughs> I'm still rocking out with Aaron. But, but I mean, y'all, y'all future Aaron. is so promising to me, honestly. Yeah. Like, wait, real quick, look at it out there. Is, is Aaron going anywhere or is he staying in, in Green Bay? He's staying. He's, okay. he's under contract for like the next couple of years, making big bucks. He's staying. All right, so the question, I feel like all of us here, I wanted to uh, specifically get two women, two men, and people who I think know what they're talking about. Like A lot of people in the sports world, like they talk about a bunch of nothing. It's like the same thing on a loop, and it's just gas just coming out. But I feel like each of us have our own opinions and own feelings about just sports and the way things go, and just about our opinions on different sports, period. Um, so the question, oh, actually, let me backtrack. So I think it was like last week sometime. Uh, there's a TNT segment where we had what, Candace Parker, D Wade and Shaq, they're all sitting down talking about the goat of goats. Like who is the top of the top? So the question that we're gonna ask, 
the question that they asked. So in a room full of goats, who's sitting at the head of the table? If we had like a whole table spread. So I'll go first. So everybody in, on the Zoom right here, we're gonna give our top five in order of our goat of goats. So my number one, I'm going, hold on, let me pull up my list. And we can give our arguments after everybody gives their list. But now my number one, Serena. Number two, I'm going Floyd. Three, Tom Brady. Four, Tiger Woods. And, and five, I mean, I want it to be LeBron, but I have to say MJ, Michael Jordan. So, all right, I'm gonna go Jay, you're next. Okay, so my number one, I'm going with Serena. She's sitting at the head of the table. Um, number two, I'm going to have to go with Floyd Mayweather, too. Number three, I have Michael Jordan. Number four, I have Kobe Bryant. And then number five, I have... Um, sorry, I just drew a blank because I had a list of people afterwards. Yeah, so, no, we, we're going to get into it because it's definitely a, it's a spread, um, but... Number five, yeah, though, I had Usain Bolt. Ooh! Wow! Ooh! Yeah, I, I, I was... Okay, I love Ooh. that. You see, so this is why I brought this. This is why this is the round table, cause he wasn't even in my. All right, all right. I'm gonna go yeah, Daniel. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Daniel good. next. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have Jordan at number one. I have Braun at number two. I have Tom Brady at three. I have Floyd at four. And I kind of, and I can get into my reasoning at this at five. I, I grouped, I grouped Serena, I grouped Tiger, and I grouped Michael Phelps into one category. And I can definitely get into that uh, whenever we start. Uh, All right, and then, and then Amir, you're your five. So my number one is Mr. Brady. My number two is Serena. My number three is Mr. Woods, Tiger. My number four is Mr. Jordan, Michael. And then my number five. I have LeBron kind of just right, right beneath Michael for the for the time being right now. So the consistent, I think that everybody had, you know, Serena was in the list. I think Floyd's in everybody's list, and I think Ty or not in there wasn't in Jay's list, but Tiger was in three of our lists. So like, let's just, I mean, we anybody can start, but like, how did you come about like creating your list? I mean. I, I can I can kind of just lead it off because with me personally, you know, I kind of you know, I, I think we all put Brady. Correct. Not Jack for me. So wait, wait, exactly. so wait, wait, wait. Wait, so is he? Wait, hold on. Before 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 you get into it, Amir, where does Brady fall for you, Jayani? Like, is he? So he's in my list, like underneath. Okay. Um, okay. If we would say they had like a goat table and then like the kitty goat table, <laughs> and then I'm off at the kitty table. But we I can get into that though. Wow! Yeah. All right, all right, we're gonna put a pin there. All right, I mean. Totally. Biased, I love. But... I, I love the energy though. Yeah, I love the energy too. Iron yeah. here. So yeah, go ahead. We no, start us off. For me personally, you know what I'm saying? Like, for me to put him number one, especially people who knew me as like early 2010s you know we were going back and forth 07 2011 and then on top of that just the new york boston kind of the, the level of hatred that we have for the geographic regions like there are so many reasons for me just as a native new yorker to kind of sit there and slander you know brady's brand say that brady's this and brady's that etc etc but for me personally the turning point was kind of after that Rams Super Bowl win in 2019, once he once he scooped six, now I was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously this was the one, the last one he scooped with Bill, and it was just such a different type of like, just the, the way that the game kind of played out. It was very defensive. It was very, you know, Aaron Donald's on this side. We got Tom on the other side. Who's who's really about to come out and, you know, what I'm saying with the top spot. And then, you know, because sex had only been done before by, I believe, Charles Haley, you know, Chad right, right. You know, this past two weeks, I've kind of just been sitting on it. And he has seven. Yeah. He has seven. Okay, now, but, but the thing is, though, is not only does he have seven, it's the fact that the man is 44 years of age, still playing as though the year is 2001 and he's fresh out of Michigan. I watched, you know, before the divisional between the Saints and the Bucks, I watched the Drew Brees, Tom Brady battle. I was watching the, the breakdown and it was just, for me, it was so noticeable, just Brady, I mean, not Brady, um, Drew Brees' zip 
you know, Drew Brees was, was throwing the verticals, he was throwing the posts, he was throwing the slants with zip that was coming out of his hand fast. And obviously you kind of juxtapose that with his 2020 performance of Drew Brees and it's like, yeah, it's not the same Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we understand that. We have the understanding of like, yeah, he's been in the league for basically two decades and it's the natural drop off. And I'm watching Brady from 2002 his tape and what he did with, I think that that was the Patriots team with Corey Dillon and uh, Deion Branch, Ty Law, etc. I'm watching him operate with his weapons. And then I'm watching him operate, you know, sorry D, in the NFC Championship against the Packers. And I'm like, the man hasn't lost any zip. I, that, that's, that's fair. He hasn't. And then, and then you understand that just the sport itself is, is, from year to year, a war of attrition. From year to year, it's okay. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy that I'm able to put my body through another 17, you know, 16, 17 games. But obviously, the wear and tear is going to diminish some of the physical skills. And that's what the sport is known for. It's the American gladiator sport. It's the I'm putting my body on the line every single game, every single play. And you know, he did miss two, the 2008 season with the torn ACL. But you know, you take that away from just everything else. It's like, how have you been able to not only dominate your position for your prime, but now you're you're doing an unprecedented thing that the, the sport has literally never... The only 40, 44 to 46 year olds who play the sport are kickers and punters. Nice. You, have never, you have never seen a position player play past 40, number one, but to number but, two. Ooh. But do you see the comparison though? Like, I've, there is some wear and tear on the quarterback, obviously, when they're not protected. But just think about the how much protection they get. In compa- even just as far as, like, playing when the plays are written out for, you know, blitzing protection or whatever. But even just in the game and the rules that they've changed. Like, there's a whole bunch yeah. of rules now no, that sure. about protecting the quarterback. Absolutely. I'll let you keep finishing that. I just had to point that no, out. No, 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 no. Because you know what? That, 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 that is a very, very valid point because I've seen that shift just from – I want to say like a 2015 till now like like there was that little stint where you I think there was the one season where they kind of tried to I forgot who got injured somebody somebody had like a season ending injury and it was like a major star quarterback and then that kind of forced the league to kind of take a couple steps back to kind of say all right you can hit the QB however we're not going to let you stand there and just like slaughter them and toss them around like a ragdoll etc like no you're totally right in terms of the rule shifting and in terms of you know what i'm saying just the overall kind of speed of the game and just the quick zip and the west coast offense getting the ball quickly out of the hands etc of course i'm just saying that regardless still hasn't been done that's a great shifting point so jay i'm gonna go to you since we had the same first pick so i'll go jayani then d then i'll go last um so I will speak on the Tom Brady part because I feel like it's similar to the LeBron James debate about whether he's whether or not he's the greatest of all time. And LeBron was in a lot. Well, I don't. I think that he was he two or three of you guys top five. But we're gonna we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into okay. that. Yeah. But you well we we know that we're on the same page with LeBron. But even though I didn't have him in my top five, he's definitely up there. But I think that the hardest thing for me is aside from the game. Um, I just have this personal beef with Brady. Like, no, I, I did too. No, everything I did too. That, and that's why the perspective from which I'm speaking with, like, like it's, it's just you, you came from that. You it shifted. Yes, it shifted entirely. Like it, like like this this newfound kind of just like admiration for just his overall craft. Like I'm telling you, it it just it's new. It's brand new. <laughs> it's brand new. Okay, I can respect that. I, was, I don't. I don't even say that. You. I feel like it's probably different. Like I probably, well, in comparison to like how you changed. I feel like at first it was kind of like he was great. It was no debating that. And then as of more recently, probably since like the Trump stuff, I'm just gonna keep it real. Like that has really like put a stain on my heart as yeah. far as like how I like respect him as a person. And so it's one of those things where it's Got like you. I can't take anything away from your your game. You're Absolutely. definitely one of the greatest football players in history. Like there's no taking away from that. But for me to put you at the table to talk with the rest of these goats, like I just can't do it. I don't know. Understand. And so. I think that the other thing, and then I I can start to go into my list now, is that there's a huge... I always wonder, like, 
what and you guys can talk about this too like what were your uh i guess stipulations of how right. you decided like who was the greatest like was it yeah, their accomplishments we could definitely, um then you have to compare like individual sports versus team sports because that's one of the For main sure. reasons why yeah. i put Serena and i put her at the top of the table because individual sports is a whole different game like most of my life growing up i played mostly team sports i think the only sport i played that was individual was track and even then like you have relays and like if you play, if you ran on a team like at least in high school your team had to score a certain amount of points in order to you know advance or whatever the case may be obviously your individual accomplishments you know added to that but playing on an individual level and having that much much success like just speaks volumes to me and i feel like especially because she's a woman most of the time when people talk about like the greatest of all time they even forget about women in general and like coming from a background in sports working in sports i feel like she just she deserves that respect like even if she wasn't better than michael jordan or the tom brady's or whatever like because she's a woman and she doesn't get that respect at all and she's so great at what she does yeah. i'm automatically putting her at the, at the top of my table um what was i getting ready to say i'm gonna pause you I'm, and i'm gonna let d go into his top and then like the reason why number one was number one and then we can go into your point because okay. i want to talk about like the stipulations because i feel like everybody's list it was different so yeah, i want to talk yeah, about that so yeah d talk about why jordan because that's a different like not everybody's yeah. gonna say that so yeah well first like from johnny's perspective you had serena at number one right mm-hmm. yeah like I, I can definitely understand like as a woman and especially like as black women like why that might be like your superhero growing up and like why you know like i completely understand why she would be number one on your list and it makes a lot of sense I've, like i have serena top five too um, but I just wanted to say that, like, Serena, she's amazing. Um, but when I was kind of putting together my list, my list really had nothing. It had a lot less to do with stats and team sports and comparing, like, what I would call, like, apples to oranges. Because I think we can sit here all day and kind of debate those different things. Yeah. Um, to me, it had a lot to do with, like, transcendence of not only the sport, but of culture and of, like, the way of life regarding that sport. And so the first two, I won't get into LeBron. I'll get into Jordan first. When you think about Jordan, there's three things that I kind of had written down. Um, the first is just he he took the NBA and he took a domestic sport and he made it international. That is huge. I think he was the first player to ever do that probably in any sport. And it's the reason why basketball is international. That's huge. The second is just iconic moments. You think about Jordan's iconic moments and I wasn't even alive during his era. But like it reminds me of like the David Tyree catch with the Giants. It feels like he has five of those. It like literally five. Yeah, that are just hanging up on posters across America and across people's bedrooms and in their homes and in their places of work everywhere. So iconic moments was two. Um, and the third thing was, you know, there's a reason why he has 14 sneakers that people will still kill themselves over um, to get and why they're still and why, you know, his brand not only exists in basketball, it exists in football. And like why not, you know, people like Zion Williamson, uh, Luca, um, Jason Tatum, they're still signing to Jordan's specific brand over any other brand. They're not signing with Nike, they're signing with Michael Jordan's brand. Um, and so when you take that in kind of accumulation with his career, we obviously know all the people on our list have had unparalleled careers, you know what I mean? Um, but for me, putting Jordan at one had more to do with him really transcending culture and transcending a way of life as opposed to just kind of comparing um, different stats in team sports, et cetera. Yeah, and that's definitely a part of my number one, too. I think D hit the nail on the head talking about, you know, just being a black woman and Serena being that person. But, to, I mean, to touch on transcendence, like, she literally changed the game, the way we look at tennis now. Like, for, I mean, for men and women, truly. I mean, just because, you know, her 23, I mean, I'm getting into the stipulations, but those 23 grand slam titles. And I'm going to get into why she doesn't have 24. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna eventually get into that. But that, for me, I mean, it definitely speaks volumes. And just, I mean, also part of it like being a woman I have that bias you know she won uh, Australian Open while being pregnant you know things like that like a man would ever be able to do that so that to me it's like little edges edges and little biases like that but yeah so let's get into like stipulations like Daniel said his wasn't about stats or ring comparisons it was all about you know what you did to change the world change the culture so you know uh, MJ and Braun being in his one and two but for the other three like how did you kind of boil down like who went where um, so should I just finish my list? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I had brought it too for a couple of reasons for transcending culture. The first was um, one, just dealing with expectations. Like to have, he could go down as having the greatest career of an athlete of all time, period. And he's, you know, he's been having expectations, the expectations of the world on him since he was 15, before he could even drive a car. People were talking about him as a second round pick in the NBA when he was 15 years old. That is the amount of pressure that you have to deal with and be mentally strong to get to where he is, is it's 
it's unfathomable almost. Um, and the second thing really in terms of transcending culture is more than an athlete. You know, when I think of someone that's kind of empowering black people, who's the first person that I think about, to be honest, it's, it's LeBron James. Like to just be honest, he's at the forefront of everything that we kind of see. Um, and it's not only that, it's also what he's been able to do off the court. You think about the fact that he's, he's putting himself in movies, he's buying sports teams, and he's also he's putting his people on in the process. Like those are all- hey, Sorry, can I not, can, I don't mean to interrupt, but did you hear today yeah. what he tweeted about how he said that he- is making an album. I, I did see that. And wait. Like, wait, 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 what? He's, he's not doing any rapping. He says that he knows a lot of people who can rap really well, though. So I, what I'm thinking is he's going to try to shift his, himself into the DJ Khaled type of space. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. That last Chains album that he had a hand in, it wasn't it wasn't no. that. I didn't really like it like that. Yeah, I gotta run it. I gotta run it. I gotta run it. So I, I, I mean, I need him to have a redemption album. But keep going, D. Keep going. Yeah. So it, it was. It's really for those two reasons. Like he, LeBron, he, he's transcended sports business. You know, he's building schools. He's doing all these different things, and and you know, just in accumulation with his career of, of probably going down. He could have the greatest career ever. Period. I had him at number two, and that's that's just been my idol. And that's been like, who have I grown up with? Like LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Um, Three, I did have Tom Brady, um, and this does have to do with his career. Clearly, his, his career is unparalleled, but there's two important things that, you, that Gianni and Amir both talked about. The first that I find so impressive is doing it in a contact sport. Like, yes, I think that quarterback, quarterbacks are protected, but if you look at someone like Andrew Luck, for example, who retired at 30, to be able to accomplish what he's accomplished in over, over like 25 years in a contact sport that aggressive um, is insane. And then coupled with that, I think from watching football, now I realize that there's there's kind of a, a little bit of, of luck that goes into getting to the Super Bowl, whether it be with injuries. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in a football game. And I think Tom Brady is so mentally ahead of everybody that's ever played the sport that he's he's able to minimize the things that are out of his control and he's able to maximize his luck. And so he's won seven Super Bowls and had the greatest career that, to this date that I've ever seen. I had I had Floyd at four. One, because of 50 and 0, clearly. Um, and he's, set, he's kind of set this precedent that you can no longer lose fights in boxing. Losing more than one fight in boxing is no longer something that is acceptable. And he's changed that. And the second was just, miss, he's Mr. Pay-Per-View. You know, people want to get in the ring with Floyd, not just because they want to win the fight. You want to get the bag. He's, tra he's transcended how you... Connor fought him to get the bag. He's made more. He made more in that fight than he's ever made in any UFC fight combined. That's why Floyd is transcended. He, he, he transcended how to market himself. Um, and five, I had Serena Tiger and Michael Phelps in one category. And my reason for that was, to be honest, I haven't watched that much Serena in my life. Um, I have Tiger's a little bit before my time, and Michael Phelps, I've probably watched him swim twice in my life. And so when I'm just, but when I am thinking about those people, it's the fact that they are their sport. Serena Williams to me is tennis. Tiger Woods is golf, and Michael Phelps um, is swimming. And then when you couple that with their careers, the Grand Slam titles, um, the Olympic medals, etc. Um, I had, I kind of had to group them. And Usain Bolt was actually another one that I should probably put in that category too, where I kind of grouped them into, into one category. So that would be, yeah, Jordan, LeBron, Brady, Floyd, and then I would, I would group the individual athletes after that in F5. So I do have a question for you. And yeah. I think that you guys might have like made a face or was like, there was some type of reaction when I like mentioned Kobe. So there's always, and it's hard to talk about him, right? May his soul rest in peace now because he's yeah. died. So everyone kind of like walks on eggshells with this. Yeah. But I'm really interested in knowing, like, because oftentimes people were, before the debate was Michael and Kobe, then LeBron came about. And now it's like, okay, Michael, Kobe, LeBron. But it's just like, how do you guys kind of, or how did y'all kind of choose? Like, okay, well, I'm going to put these two in my top five or one of them in my top five, but not the other. Cause I feel like they almost always like, the, some people just have their personal preference, but they're almost yeah. always in discussion whenever you're talking about like the greatest like basketball player of all time. So you're asking why Kobe wasn't in it? Sort of, but I kind of just like. What? Yeah, it's just kind of trying to fill out where Kobe would rank sort of kind of deal. Like, yeah, like yeah. just with you, like, I know you said like, obviously like Michael and Kobe weren't really our time per se. I mean, like Kobe was still playing. Yeah, um, yeah. more recently but obviously like the Le LeBron is like the Michael and Kobe of our time obviously. exactly so I'm exactly. curious as to like how you guys kind of chose that well I mean for me personally you know like you said it, it it's so tough to kind of talk about Kobe Kobe's career objectively just given how 
you know, everything happened so tragically, you know, a year and change ago. But it was just one of those things where it was no disrespect to Kobe. It's just that Kobe wasn't Michael. And when the game, be it intentional, be it unintentional, when it mirrored so closely, you know, from the fadeaway to the layup package to just the overall offensive bag that he possessed, um, it was fan, it was transcendent. You know what I mean? Like, and and I don't say that lightly. Like, it it totally and just the overall Mamba mentality itself and just how that kind of ingrained itself in a generation of athletes and still to this day has planted so many seeds and, you know, current NBA players and high school players, college players are like, it was just point blank. He just, he just wasn't Michael. You know what I'm saying? Like Michael, you know, had the six for six and Michael had the shoes and Michael had movies and Michael had the Ferrari with the drip and the, all of that. And then it, for, for Kobe, it was just like, unfortunately for him, his timing didn't really align for him to kind of separate himself enough. Like if Kobe had kind of, let's say, you know, Michael was, you know, from the nineties and then early two thousands of Kobe had came out, let's say in like a 2045, where we had enough time to kind of have Michael's brand separated and, and, and our, and, you know, enough time had passed to where, you know, we understand he's his own entity. And then we're like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This, this is Kobe. This is, you know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, it's Kobe right here. But it's, it's just Kobe's kind of like the, be, the beginning of his prime kind of coincided with Michael's like exiting and Michael being the big entity that he is, you know, the same way that Daniel said, oh, you know, Michael Phelps is swimming, you know, Serena's tennis, um, Floyd is boxing, etc. Michael is and was, and was, especially at that time, basketball. Like, like he revolutionized what it meant to be marketed. So it was just one of those things where the, the kind of mainstream narrative was just so Jordan-centric that Kobe's highlights kind of fell to the wayside. And then on top of that, you have LeBron budding in high school around the same time that Kobe was winning the chips. Like, they want, you want to know what it is? It was a lot of just kind of unfortunate overshadowing. Just, yeah, just I was getting ready to say um, overshadowing. Because because when Kobe was winning that early stint, it was Shaq. It was still Jordan, yeah. It was it was it was it was it was Jordan in terms of like the comparisons, but then when they were winning the chips, those three chips mostly get attributed to Shaq's. Oh, yeah, Shaq team, yeah. And then on top of that, you then have Braun coming out in oh 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 two, oh three with his, you know, mainstream narrative pop-offs and stuff, which then led to, you know, everybody like, whoa, 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 what's this new what, what's this new thing over here? What's, what's this new big thing over here? Because remember, the, the NBA ratings took a massive dip when uh, between the years of like 99 and like 02, 03. It's like, those are some of the NBA's worst years because of the Jordan void. Everybody was like, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, who's going to replace this and that? And then you had, you know, Shaq, you had Tim Duncan, you had Dirk, you had all of these people that were kind of just going off on their own tangents. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, we have Braun. Yeah, so then that was kind of the reasoning why I felt like in terms because you know Kobe definitely still had his little second win from 2008 to 2010 where he did the two out of three which kind of solidified his legacy solidified his brand but because he didn't get six unfortunately I think I I, I think that if he'd scoop six his it, it would it would legacy be, would, it be would be changed I, I do I do think so I, I, I think I think just by a smidge for me, it, it's just like Jordan did it first, you know, like if Kobe would have been born, you know, and a little bit earlier, a little bit earlier. I mean, it would have been the reverse. Like I just the whole I want to be like Mike, like that whole worldwide campaign, like the shoes, the Gatorade, the commercials, the I mean, like, I mean, I feel like because like I said, Kobe, you know, modeled his game after Mike the same way that Naomi models her game at Serena, like people modeling their game after Braun, like somebody's always going to be first. MJ was just first, you know. Like I definitely feel like if there was no MJ, Kobe would have been that. Like yeah, he would have his his brand would have been. I mean, even more significant than it was because Kobe does have his shoes, but they're not Jordans, you know. Yeah, Kobe yeah. does have his gear, but it's not Jordan brand. You know what I mean? Like there's he has, but Jordan did it first and did it well. Like Jordan did it first and well. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Daniel was the one who brought it up yesterday because the three of us have a group chat and we talk. I mean, everything all day long. 
But so Serena, we were just talking, the, uh, the four of us, you know, Naomi versus Serena last night. Serena lost, I guess, another heartbreaker if you're a Serena fan. Um, but Daniel brought up a good point to, in, our, in our text, you know, Serena the, and the criticism that she gets when she loses versus other goats. Because she's definitely a goat. So versus other goats when they lose. Because, I mean, and I'm throwing it out there because just when Braun loses, I mean, it's, it's. The world. So I'm not even gonna get into it because everybody here is a LeBron fan, so I appreciate that. But like, that's a perfect example. Like, you know, uh, he's losing, you know, and the world's ending, and you know, he doesn't. No, I don't know. He's not making clutch shots. It's this, it's that. But when she loses, it's just like ah, uh, you know, a pat on the wrist. So like, how do we differentiate? Like, or how do we determine like how people, players, goats? I mean, goats should be criticized based on that that major title loss. Um, I'll start just because I actually tweeted something about this last night. I feel like she only gets this much crap because she's a woman. Like, they always talk about her attitude, her anger. Like, when she was emotional when she left the court last night, they were like, oh my God, like, is this her last time? Was that her trying to say that she was going to leave? Like, then everybody was talking about her getting emotional in the interviews. Like, it's always just, and it's worse because when you're a black woman too, they always hang it up to like, oh, like the angry black woman or like they're too emotional and all that. But even when they were comparing Naomi to her last night, they were just like, you know, she beat her at her own game and they spoke to her being so much more calm. And I'm just like, that's irrelevant. Like when you're playing a sport, you're aggressive, you're competitive. When you're a woman, you're playing, you're fierce. Like, I just don't understand why they have to always bring it back to that. Like when white women are angry when they're playing tennis and they throw their racket or they pick their bags up and they leave the court angrily. Oh, she lost. She has every right to be mad. But when Serena gets mad, it's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't understand. Like, first of all, when you're that successful, when you claim so many titles, you're expected to be that angry. Like you're the greatest of all time at your sport. Why wouldn't you be upset when you lost, when you lose? I just, I, I, it's unfathomable to me. I just can't understand it. Like, why? I hate tennis commentators. And I don't even watch tennis unless it's Serena. But I hate tennis commentators. Yeah. So, that's my take on it. We're basically talking about the, the biggest, most elite roundtable of athletes to ever exist. You know what I mean? And I'm just kind of like, expectations multiplied by performance equals the level of critique that's coming on the other side. So one of the, so the big variable there is the expectation because the expectation now can come from, you know, before you even started the sport, it can come from a comment that you said two weeks ago. It can come from, you know, a media leak about your attitude and practice, whatever the case may be, but be it as it may, you know, athletes always hear things through the grapevine. So they already know what the potential narrative is going to be either which way. So, you have the expectation, then you have the actual how how that specific athlete performed on the stage that's in question. And then on the opposite side of that, you you know, you multiply those out and then you kind of just get the level of critique. So for example, now, as Daniel stated previously, LeBron came into the NBA with I mean, I wanna say only Kareem had um, more lofty expectations just you know because Kareem dominated UCLA three straight years and greatest to me um, top three greatest collegiate athlete um, all time that's another that's another conversation for another day and he and he, very sneakily he he can come to this table at any yeah I was moment. gonna say that definitely can he can come to this table at any given moment in time he can pull up and it's not gonna be one of those like folding chairs like not nah, he's getting a padded chair you know what I'm saying? Armrest, padded, padded lower back, etc. Whatever he wants, he's gonna get because he also he got six of them things. Yeah. He got six of them things. So e either which way though. So, you know, Braun came in with like, you know, some of the especially for his age, he was 15, 16 with literal Hall of Fame expectations, Hall of Fame weight on his shoulders. So then you kind of combine that with like I was talking about before, just the overall NBA's lack of ratings just they, they took a big dip and you know they were trying to find somebody to rally around so obviously that all got shifted to LeBron's shoulders to his plate and what it led to is just a media firestorm the likes of which I I've never seen it's like 
okay, well, he can come back from down 3-1. He can, you know what I'm saying, win the three rings and he can win all the MVPs and hit his Olympic golds and all of that. And then yet and still, there's still gonna there's still questions. There's still mm-hmm. questions as to does he care? Like is, is he still the same player? Is he is he this? Is he that? And then we come to the 2018 playoff run itself, one of the greatest that the sport has ever seen. So just the overall answer, you know, what you propose, I think that most of the time just the the differences between the athletes, you know, just, just given their respective sports the actual expectation is probably the biggest driver and the variable between how they how they can critique the wins and the losses like within the margins it's very this is a very like in some ways it's, it can be a very sensitive topic because there are a lot of players to like these things in particular um but i think i want to touch on the first point about johnny when, when you're talking about how like it seems like especially in Serena's position, like a black woman can't have emotion, et cetera. Like I agree with everything that you said from that standpoint. I think in some in some senses she's she's just portrayed in a way that she shouldn't be. And you know, when I think when I think of Serena, like respectfully, like when I include her in my goats, it has nothing like she's just she's just a goat. You know what I mean? Like I'm not even sometimes I'm not even really looking at her as man, woman. Like I'm like, yo, like yes you are a woman, but you're just a goat. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't even like, yes you're a black woman, but you're also just a goat. I have you in there just straight off but you know what I'm saying? Like you're just you're just a goat no matter what. Um, but I, I do feel like sometimes in the media, like, I, I think Serena at times though, is also like in, in defeat as well. She's also very loved by like a huge community. She's also very loved. And I think she completely deserves it. My issue is though, is that when people like LeBron and Kobe start to lose, there's just an immense amount of hate. If LeBron loses on a Tuesday night in Minnesota, midway through the season, this man is getting hammered. And, and to get back to kind of a point about Kobe, this the love for Kobe after he died, it was re- it, it was really interesting because there have been so many times throughout Kobe's life, especially when he was alive, that this man was getting castrated. And I, m- I remember there was a point uh, recently that, that that recently came up. It was a Max Kellerman video, and he was talking about how the Lake when the, it was it was a couple of years after Kobe retired, and he was blaming Kobe Bryant for the Lakers being bad a couple of years after he retired. And I was just like. I what remember that clip actually because it, it had something to do with like the, the the cap space or just like the way that they constructed the roster or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah it had to do with cap yeah. space, and I was like, the, 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 it was it, it was it was just so shocking to me that it took people so long, like it it took it, it took for Kobe Bryant to almost to pass away, unfortunately, for people yeah, to start taking the college. gems out of his life. And yeah. I just I want I want I want the LeBrons of the world, the Serenas of the world, all of them alike to kind of just be treated in love the same way so that we don't, you know, so it just because they're because they're all amazing. I, ju- I just wish it was kind of all the same. Yeah. It, just, it, was just, it was just my point. You bring up a really interesting take and it kind of shifts my, like, my outlook a little bit because I never thought of it that way because me personally, I guess maybe because, like, I'm a Black woman and playing in sports and everything, like, I'm super critical of how the media, like, portrays or... Um, you know, talks negatively about Serena. But then, like you said, like, even though they're bashing her that whole time, she still has this huge community of people that are backing her, where, like, in comparison, you said, like, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, they're completely getting trashed, especially on, like, social media by the guys that are sitting at home on their couch that have never played a lick of basketball in their lives. Um, But then also, of course, like, the commentators and media analysts and everything like that. But, um... It's just really interesting because I never even thought of it that way, that like, despite the negativity that surrounds those types of situations when she isn't successful, she still has that community of people that are like backing her, whereas like those other guys don't. Um, And I haven't really thought about that. And I really would try to, would, I guess, like to take more time to think about why that's like, that's even the case because I definitely, have never looked at it in that light, like ever. So I mean, and the kind of in the same respect. Now that now that you're saying that, I kind of just have this like dichotomous view where you have <clears throat> Serena on one side, on one side dominating how she did, and then you have Tiger on the other side dominating as as he did, and they both kind of share that space of right or wrong. They have that same level of unconditional support. And is it maybe because like it's an individual sport, sport, and the fans of the individual sport kind of feel like 
I, I think they kind of feel an obligation to kind of fill the team space, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I was going to say, and then also, I feel like the fan fandom of those guys, well, girls and guys, yeah. is different just because, like I said, like, I'm not really like an avid t- tennis watcher, nor do I watch golf. But if you'd ask me, like, who my favorite golf player is or who, who my favorite golfer is or who my favorite tennis player is, I'd easily say Serena and Tiger. And so I think that it may even be different just because, like, people that like LeBron or like Kobe or are a fan of the game, they know the game, they watch the game, they follow the game. Um, they would even try to say they may be even experts of the game. So they're always trying to, like, criticize what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. Whereas on the other end, I have no clue what Serena could have did differently for her to end up winning that match. And so that it may even be like the difference in that because it's like, I'm just rooting for everybody this black type thing. Or I'm just, I just like her because she's really good or he, you know, is one of the greatest golfers of all time. He just happens to be black or he looks like me. Whereas like, I know the game of basketball. So when LeBron does this wrong or when Kobe does this and the team that is with him is not, you know, up to par or whatever, then I can completely flash to them because I know what should be done differently. So I feel like that may even play a part in it too. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think there's different every I, I feel like honestly, even the whole conversation we're having, it's all opinion based at the end of the day. That's what it all boils down to. Preference preference who you like who you want to put where but there are like we um discussed initially there are like set names who whichever where wherever you place them they still should be there your serena's your floyd's your mj's your bronze your michael phelps i mean you saying bow i mean we didn't even get into it for real but that like that's a that's a sleeper selection but it's a valid one too like usain has he has the wins and he was stripped of one right because mm-hmm. um yeah so so what, like, I mean, so are you, because you used to run track. So, like, do you consistently watch? I think watch? That, that probably played the biggest role in it was the fact that I used to run track. And I would not even say I'm a track runner. When I see somebody like him accomplishing those things and he's as fast as he is, I'm like, that is no easy feat. Like, when you think of, I also think it's when you think of, like, the greatest athletes of all time. And that's another reason why I always am hesitant to put Brady in, like, my top five is because, when I think of like his athleticism, like LeBron is a great athlete. Serena is a great yeah. athlete. I think that Tom Brady, obviously he has a killer arm. There's no denying that. But as far as his athleticism, I don't really know. He has great football IQ that you can't take from him. But that's, I think why I kind of put Usain in that list of like the greatest, because when I think of greatest athletes of all time, I'll have to, I just, aside from like accolades and their career stats and career highs and accomplishments, like I had to think of their athleticism. And so I think just with knowing that track is like not an easy sport for me. Um, I hate running. I was like, he has to be up there just because, I mean, he has the accolades, but then the athleticism is like undeniable. So, and I think something we were talking about earlier, just um, the media and how, I mean, the media overall, and now Jay, you were like working kind of in the media behind the scenes. Overall, the media sucks. You know, they have, you have your good, you know, silver lines, but overall it stinks. Um, But I mean, one player in particular, and this is a, I'm trying to segue, he'd be looking for trouble. Kyrie, like, I feel like he goes looking for the problem. So tonight, I mean, this is going to come out next Wednesday the 24th we're taping this on the 17th so tonight is the first time the Nets and the Lakers are going to play what expectations do we have there's no AD no KD so what what expectations do we have is this the potential finals matchup I mean are these injuries like do they level out is one weighted heavier than the other like what talk to me I feel like well okay I first want to say I'll start with this I have the Nets in tonight's game. But I think that because the Lakers have kind of built, I won't say they built their team, but they've kind of built their team around like LeBron and AD, him being out is a huge factor. Um, And when you mentioned like the NBA final playoff, um, the playoff like preview, it's interesting to see the types of injuries that they have and how it will kind of play out as the season goes along because, like, I think Katie's out with a hamstring. 
sprain and ad's out with like a calf strain and some yeah, of his Achilles. Achilles. Like those are no jokes. Like when you have a strain, you literally can't do anything but rest. So like if you don't come back from that, it's like, what are we gonna do? But I just feel like the Nets are kind of like still building their chemistry and they have kind of been able to kind of figure things out on their own. Like even though it's a team sport, like they just have their like stars that are there and kind of been able to produce while still trying to build that chemistry. Whereas like the Lakers are coming back off of winning a championship and they kind of already have that chemistry and now they're missing that key component to that team. And so um, that's why I kind of feel like they're not going to really be able to pull it out. I'd be surprised. Well, I say I'll be surprised, but it's also LeBron. So like, I can't really be surprised if he does find a way because it's LeBron. Um, but I just don't think that they're going to be able to do it without AD because he's a key component in their success so far. Yeah. Um, I, I, so the, I, have, I have a couple of thoughts on this game. The first is I think, I think, I think the Lakers have a slight advantage. And the only reason that I would say that is because the Nets are, are, are going to be missing the best player that will be out of the game. Like KD is KD is a is a bigger piece than AD generally speaking. Like he's just better. So like I think that the Lakers have a little bit of an advantage not having to see KD. But to be honest, I could care. I don't care at all about those two players. I think this is if if people don't say that this game is personal between LeBron and Kyrie, you are wait, absolutely wait. lying. You are like I'm glad wait, KD wait. and AD are out because LeBron will get his. He's gonna get his matchup. And you know like. The, the comments that Kyrie made and then LeBron kind of confirmed that he took offense to them by responding in the podcast that we saw this summer. The the level of disrespect. Like, I, I'm just so excited to see LeBron try to, like, I want to I wanna see him get him pick and roll. I don't care who about, you know, this has no implication for me about who's going to win the finals or anything like that. But, like, if, if people say that this game is not personal between LeBron and Kyrie, it, it absolutely is. And I'm, I'm so excited. Where is the game? Is it in Brooklyn or is it in L.A.? It's in LA. Okay. It's in LA. Amir? Vibes. What, what's your um, thoughts? You know, I d- definitely agree with both um, points put forth by Daniel and Gianni for sure. Um, I think that the way that I'm viewing it is more from your lens, Jordan, that, I mean, you know, it wasn't discussed on this platform, but, you know, through the text messages, you had said that regardless of who's in or who's out, this is going to be one of those games that is going to get looked at as kind of like a statement game for, like, the MVP narrative related to LeBron. And, you know, like I had said before, like, all these athletes hear everything through the grapevine, so he definitely knows that there's going to be a certain level of attention given to this, you know, uh, national television matchup. Um, like Daniel said, those incendiary comments that Kyrie put forth in terms of KD being the first to really, you know, that he can quote unquote trust him to hit a big shot. You know, those are those are shots, you know. And while I do wish that it was a fully healthy Kevin Durant with a fully healthy Anthony Davis so that we can get the full scope of where the teams match up just for potential um i think the finals is in what, for, for, for potential august purposes um either which way this is still still a huge game i'm gonna give the edge to the lakers uh just because of the lack of interior presence that the broken nuts currently possess they have a deandre jordan who's blatantly out of his prime blatantly um on the court just to take up space but his role is washed <laughs> his role is to take up space in the paint and he doesn't take up space in the paint when he needs to take up space in the paint so he's just kind of there collecting his check and going about his business um and he's, while- kendrick, he's kendrick perkins that's what he is yeah respect respectfully respectfully um, yeah <laughs> kendrick has a ring so um you know it, it, either which way though uh it's definitely one of those um it's going to come down to, you know, the last five minutes in the fourth quarter just with the offensive output of a James Harden, the offensive output of a Kyrie. Sleeperly, Joe Harris is having an outstanding season playing the role that he plays. Uh, Jeff Green has been probably one of the most underrated players in the NBA. But I do think that it comes down to the last five minutes in the fourth quarter where it'll be some drama, you know, some Ky- Kyrie hit a big shot, LeBron will come back hit his shot, and then it'll definitely be like a, down to the wires after the game. I just think that the Lakers pull it with their size advantage. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm definitely going Lakers tonight, too. Um, the way Braun has been carrying these last few nights with no AD, I mean, I mean, granted, they've been playing, you know, back-to-back-to-back games in OT, but the way that he's been pulling through and, like, securing the W, 
Like, I'm taking notice to that. Like, my man is 36, you know, year 18. Year 18. Carrying his team like he's a rook. Like, he's 36. He's 36. But I will say, though, since you mentioned them playing and winning without AD, because we, we, we can't sit here and act like AD is not like a fact. No, 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 no. I just, but I think that's more that to LeBron. Playing, though, yeah. The teams that they've been playing, though, compared to who they're playing tonight, you can't really compare. That's why I just feel like this is kind of like, this is going to set the tone. Like, this is going to tell us, like, whether or not, like, can we really play without AD or can we not? Because yeah. the teams that they've been playing the last, what, six games? Yeah. Has not been comparable at all. Definitely to- lower to de- definitely lower tier competition. Won't, won't argue that one. And that's nothing to take away from LeBron James carrying a team because that's what he's known for. Like, he can definitely put everybody on his back and... Yeah, and, and get the job but, done. Yeah, but... I don't know. I'm, y'all have made some really good points, but I'm sticking true to my point. Have to I think really I think you make a good point too. Like it's it's even, but like it's like you know the scale that just can't stay steady. It's like an even scale that just keeps tilting. Steady, I mean, yeah. if there was if there was AD playing and no KD, the scale tilts. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. Yeah. If it, if exactly. it's KD and no and AD, no the AD. scale tilts. So to yeah. me, that's but what what's just makes sorry, sorry, Jordan. What's insane though is the fact that the Nets still have you know Kyrie and James Harden. And, and that's why we're saying, but but we're saying that because of LeBron's overall just what he LeBron still and that equivalency. So the greatness that that just speaks to the, the greatness of LeBron that exactly. you know even without the, I mean the second best player in the world in the game exactly it's still an even matchup it's a, um, nuts yeah I and they just I looked at my phone they just dropped the uh, the All Star captain so LeBron's yeah, captain I just came down the captain so uh, was Bill he wasn't an All Star last year right biggest no. one, of, one of the biggest snubs. yeah so he so he's a starter this year like, yes that's yeah but like yeah he he's I am not big on Bill. <laughs> That it? Oh no! What do you mean not big? Oh no! Oh boy! Uh, He did it! He did it! Daniel, (laughs) not not big on Bill. What does that mean? He's not not big. He's not big on Bradley Bill's comment because the comment is what shifted his context through which he views Bradley now. Okay, Daniel, break. I'll let him explain. I'll let him. Yeah, break that down. I just like he he's 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 a great player. It's just like. Like, I just don't understand. What are we doing? Like, he, he, he's, I mean, I, I guess I, I respect staying with the Wizards. I mean, his family's here. He wants to get his bag. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as a grown man, I understand his decision. It's just like, like, he's averaging 34 a game and the team is still cheeks. You know, if he wasn't, like, if he wasn't on the team, where are they? They're still last. Oh, like, there's no, there's, like, I just There's still what's the difference cheeks. Between, what's the, what's the difference me. between his 34 being last in the East <laughs> and, no, and, and him not playing and being last in the East? Like, I just, it's just not impactful to me, but. That's just, that's just, I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I feel like he's definitely because he's definitely in his prime right now. I mean, averaging 33, 34 a night. Um, and I feel like, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but he is wasting away here in D.C. Like, and I mean, I am, Russ came and made things worse. I swear I was like that trade, even though it was a completely even trade to me. They're the same player. One's just a better mid-range shooter, and that's the one that we right. gave up. One shoots the better three. That's the one that we gave up. Like, y'all bring Russ here, and he's shooting one from 15 from three every night. Like, <laughs> he's averaging like 15. Was he not MVP like three or four, maybe five seasons ago? Like, I I don't know. So, I don't know. The Wizards are a whole. I will, I will say, though, to Daniel's point, everybody talks so much about, like, the people that are going to move to, like, these all-star teams. Like, everybody talked about KD. And everybody was talking about how LeBron went to the Lakers and was able to just create his whole all-star team there. Like, I don't know. Like, where do you – where do you gain respect then? Because now everybody's like, okay, well, Bill's like losing out his prime time right now because he's trying to stay loyal or like staying with the Wizards. But it's just like you can't win. No, you know, I was just, I was just about to say it's it re- it really has turned into this sort of like lose lose kind of between a rock and a hard place type of scenario because it's like you know we totally have the respect for the loyalty you have to the organization. We totally understand the comfortability that you've gained within the geographic region um you know established family established property established tax brackets and all of that but then simultaneously it's kind of like we are in the absolute prime of player movement and player sovereignty and players controlling their narratives more than ever before and then you toss in the social you toss in the social media fire on top of everything it's like 
I'm really not sure what the player is supposed to do. I'm really not. And it's and it, and the thing is too, which is crazy, is that it's such a case by case kind of scenario, right? Because James Harden literally forced his way out of Houston. Forced his way. It was extremely weight gain, you know. He, he sabotaged the entire chemistry for about a eight a month and a half. It was a month and a half where he he was intentionally on the court and was a net negative, intentional. Like this was he and his agent had the conversation where it's like, okay, now listen, you know, we're gonna have to force their hand and it's gonna get it's gonna get a little dirty, it's gonna get a little muddy. But ugly. are you are you willing to do that to get your way out? And and James was like, yeah, absolutely. But he's been in Brooklyn now for what is it like three weeks, four weeks now? I haven't heard a peep of criticism. <gasps> I haven't heard anybody saying oh well you know like like the, the furthest extent of it was the john wall uh demarcus cousins interviews that they gave after he and left. then that was it that was, that it. was it that was it meanwhile you know what i mean even meanwhile you know he he did it and and he kind of like jump-started and accelerated just the overall player freedom but when lebron did the decision and gave away money to the boys and girls club it's still getting talked about a decade later so I think, it, and it worked out for James too. Like I don't use the word often, but he definitely got lucky because he was oh, like, so lucky. because I think it's and people. I mean, people forget it's different when you're getting same with like Deshaun Watson. Even though I'm switching sports, like it's different when it's a trade situation versus when you have the you know the freedom to pick and choose. You know, whichever team will have me. So he okay. got lucky that he got traded to Brooklyn. They could have shipped him to to uh could have him to Minnesota if they wanted to. If they wanted to, and now would and that would have been the end of it. And Minnesota was talking. Okay, listen, we got the pack of Anthony Edwards, we got Carl Anthony Towns, and we'll even toss you in a, let's say, a, a Nas Reed, and then like three first round picks. Oh, you're going to Minnesota, bro. You're going to Minnesota. Like, and you're going to freeze your butt off in the clubs and stuff exactly. in Minnesota. Like, exactly. and, and, and I don't know about the elite level of strip clubs in Minneapolis, but I know it, it's, it's not, you know, Houston. I've been to Minneapolis. I ain't been to the strip club. Okay. Lame. Not Lame. Never no, back. Of no. course not. Of course not. For, for all that cold, not garbage. I, should, should I touch on Beal or should I touch on Harden? We can do both because yeah, we're gonna wrap up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my, the, the Harden situation like it, it gets a little bit technically interesting because he only has like two years left on his deal. So like if you ship him to a Minnesota and you have to give up the entire farm for him and you know he's not gonna resign, that's not a worth in trade. So he was essentially gonna choose his destination no matter yeah. what. He was he was he, he had he, he like you know what I mean like even if, if you traded him to Minnesota, he was gonna leave after two years and then you would have nothing on your that's roster. True. Period. That's true. So yeah, exactly. When you're in those types, of, like Deshaun Watson is a totally different situation with five years on his deal. Like that's gonna be super interesting. Um, but the Beal situation, like, I think you guys are both right about how players are treated. It's a no-win situation. Like, the media tries to, they wanted to force Giannis to, like, LA or some other places. And, 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 um, yo, it's, but, I'm so sorry, bro, because, <laughs> because that is another one where they're kind of on their skid now. And it's one of those situations where it's like, they, they, they are literally, a, like, the media people and everybody who had their sort of kind of whatever hand they had in the pocket of what was going to happen in terms of the media exposure that he was going to get in a bigger market, they're pissed that he stayed. Yeah. No, they no, no. I, I agree. Um, but the thing, I, the thing that just had bothered me about Beal was, like, I just haven't heard of, like, you see all these, you see tweets and stuff about him looking frustrated on the court. I'm like, bro, like, nothing are you not angry at the organization for not getting you any pieces like i'm just not i'm just not sure what exactly you're doing here you know what i'm saying like we continue to talk about him averaging 34 but your your team is not good every single year you lost to john walter because john wall is not washed he's no, not washed. no he's not no he's not and then, and you look at some of the other guys that i would consider kind of in that category like dame be in the playoffs like steph curry this year has a, a degraded roster and he's like top yeah. three in mvp voting you know what i'm saying like it's just there's just like different it's just he just frustrates me because he's he's the perfect piece on any championship team in the nba he's he can play on any team in the nba and he's just stayed there and it's just it's like bro you're averaging 34 for what i mean look all i'm gonna say and this is what i'm gonna end it with as soon as lebron leaves the east the east is the weakest we've ever seen it there's literally like i mean i, I the, the sixers maybe maybe there's nobody else in the East that really can run with Brooklyn. Not a single team. Not for seven games. No. No. Not for seven games. And that's ridiculous because the West is comp. Like, yeah, it's tears to it, but the West is competition. Like, talk, down, talk, jazz, talk, nuggets. Like, 20, 20 wins out of 21 games just kind of swept under the rug, you know? Yeah, I mean, Clippers, I don't know. They're always a question mark. Like, you know, so many teams. Jokic's looking like an MVP, like, literally. But the yeah, East, is. Literally. Like, the Celtics, I don't know what's 
going on with that organization. Like they, I thought they had so much promise in 16, 17 when they got, you know, Tatum, Jalen Brown, and now it's like Danny Ainge is saying, well, I'm the problem. What do you mean? Fix it. What do you mean? You got all those picks. You, you finesse Brooklyn out of all those picks for what? For what, bro? For what? Like, I, I, so I don't know. And then the Miami's looking like, I mean, a fluke, really. I mean, the Sixers, Ben Simmons to me is the problem, part of the problem, but the problem. Um, Giannis. That one because we'll be here until. We'll be here till tomorrow. We'll get me started on that one. We'll be here till tomorrow. And then Giannis, Giannis to me is also the problem in Milwaukee. So they're not going anywhere. And there's nobody else. I mean, Charlotte's just too young. Atlanta's too young. The Wizards suck. Um, so it's just it's just given honestly it was perfect for so i'm saying if james Kyrie, and all of them if they can't you know get it together coast their way through the east and get to the eastern conference finals and at least put up you know maybe five six games i don't i don't want to hear nothing i don't want to hear any any talking but now i really appreciate all you guys so much for just joining the the call and i feel like we i had the best people for it i feel like we had a really insightful conversation and it wasn't just like one person talking it was you know asking questions and engaging and just the real the back and forth rallying of it all is awesome so yeah thank you guys so much for pulling up and thank the listeners for um just listening to my episode three um this season two has been great so far and i'm just excited to see what else i can come up with the rest of this season so thank you guys so much to uh listening for listening to excuse me play by play with jay i'm your host jordan aka jay and i'll see you guys next week peace